We are back with another lean and mean episode of the Cold Star Project. We are here with Ben Watkins, the founder of Intrinsic Search. And you can see his lovely shirt there with the nice logo. He runs an executive search firm that is particularly focused on helping tech companies find the right people. And I wanted to talk to Ben. I reached out to him because we haven't really talked much about hiring on this program. And I want to dig into that. What kind of speed bumps, Ben, do people have when they approach you? What's going on in their hiring process or their growth that they're like, oh, my gosh, I need professional help <laughs> right now? Hi, Jason. Thank you very much for inviting me sure. along today. I think um, clearly it depends on where and, and what, what, what the different problems are. But in, in the U.S., on our West Coast division, we notice it's the it's the ability to find good people and, and keep hold of those good candidates. For example, we were looking for a VP of marketing in California, San Francisco recently. And if you leave it two or three days, the candidate snapped up elsewhere. So really, it's just hmm. the speed. If you snooze, you lose on the West Coast. You really have to grab any great salespeople immediately both hands proactively sell your SaaS company's proposition and growth plan, get them bought in. But if you don't get back to them feedback or you delay, you go away for a couple of weeks vacation that you'll come back and they they think, who, who are you? I can't remember. It's, I've had 15 other opportunities put to me since we last spoke. So this is the speed. That's one of the major ones. Great. So that's a good indicator of how well the economy is doing. <laughs> Particularly San Francisco, indeed. So what do tech founders come to you for specifically, as opposed to just somebody at like an auto auction who's got that guy who goes, yeah, you know, and, and puts in their bid kind of and makes sure that the auctioneer is seeing them? So, so it depends. Sometimes they're confidential roles. They could be a vice president of sales, a secret confidential role to replace somebody. But more yeah. often than not, they're hiring managers who may not have the network in new geography, such as Germany, Sweden, the East Coast, the US, where they've already tried to fill the roles themselves through their own network, but they hit a dead end. So it's often tech SaaS firms going into new geographies or areas they don't cover, or they just haven't got the time or the bandwidth to find people themselves have exhausted their, their current network. Okay. So exhausting their current network and you're reaching much farther afield. Yes, Do you so help people with, um, with visas? I, I'm a Canadian and I live in the US. I've been here almost 10 years. Um, yeah, that process is not easy to navigate. So, so the answer is no. Um, okay. In, in the EU, we, we don't tend to work with people unless they've already got the qualifications too complicated mm -hmm. and they will always be an EU person. What we have found that many North American SaaS firms will sponsor and send over to Europe their, one of their existing leadership members of staff and mm -hmm. they often work out great. So that's fairly common. But in terms of a cold individual with no visa, it's a minefield. It's complicated. Right. <laughs> As we said. Okay. What scale, what size does a tech firm have to be at before they're a good candidate to work with you? So I would say they're normally past series A, they're around 50 people in their HQ. So they don't tend to be less than 50 employees and they're rarely over 500. So we're really looking at the sweet okay. spot between 50 and 500. Once they get over 500, often they have their own internal talent acquisition team. Hmm. They got to that stage. So that's our sweet spot, 50 to 500 globally. Okay. Talk to us a little bit about the expertise that you have in sourcing these people and, and connecting with them and kind of saying, hey, come on over here <laughs> and listen to this offer. 
Yeah, so, so um, personally, I, I go back to the 97. So we've been doing this for 97, um, 20 years. And that was also in enterprise software and SaaS, of course, most recently. So um, clearly attraction is key. You have to be able to pitch your client's solution and, and vision and growth and, and offer really, really slick. You don't, get, you don't get much time to do that. So client attraction is important. Candidate attraction is important. So you really have to be able to pitch it really, really slick to get their interest and get mm. the best performers. Where do you draw most of your candidates from? Is it LinkedIn or? Um, so we have eight channels. LinkedIn is one of them, but we also have over 10,000 headhunted candidates on our own internal database, which have built over 13 years, which gives you more than LinkedIn because you have their email, phone number to hand immediately. Um, we also, we advertise discreetly. We, we ask for networking. We, we, we run events for leaders in, in SAS in, in London. We, we ran another conference in San Mateo a few months ago um, at, at a major conference there. So we have many different channels to attract the best people. Okay. So they're growing. They're at 50 plus people. They know I can't get the right person on my own or maybe they've exhausted their own network. Are there any other indicators where they're like, hey, I should work with Ben? Um, I, I think when... They're, they're looking for entrepreneurial people in new geographies. So mm -hmm. if, a, if a North American tech firm is looking to expand in, the, in Germany, for example, or, or France, that's where we're experts. So we've got the existing networks. We understand all the different cultural mm -hmm. aspects as well. We've even written a little booklet called the Gold Book for a North American SaaS firm scaling in Europe, which is free. Anyone wants a copy, we, we can share that, which breaks down various countries, the different labor laws. So if a SaaS leader is looking to scale internationally, then we're certainly here to help. And give okay, the, that's, the that's a very cool perspective. So coming, say they're doing all right in the US and they want to expand into another market. Now, will that be purely for sales or could they set up an office there like a dev team? Um, it's predominantly going to be a sales office. Okay. So that they're bringing a country manager and a sales team, maybe a marketing team. That, that's, that's pretty common over here is like a satellite office. But what's really important if you're scaling in Europe is, is to create proper entities. If you go to Germany, you just have a, a, a guy or girl working from home, that's not going to work. You have to set up mm -hmm. a proper, what they call a GmbH, yeah. do it properly because the Germans won't buy from you otherwise. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I've been studying German for four or five years now. Right. Fair time. <laughs> so I know the GmbH quite well. Gesellschaft, factory, yes. and fun uh, other Indeed. long... <laughs> conjunctive phrases so okay so you get them over there they're doing a, a sales job now how do you discern who is a good candidate and like not necessarily and I'm talking about culture fit here right that that's really what I'm, I'm I want to dig into for tech firms who are scaling fast and they've hit this bumpy road of oh my gosh I need people over there wherever over there is <laughs> and they find you and you know, okay, this is the structure you need. These are the ins and outs of the marketplace. This is the kind of person you need. How, how do you screen for that culture fit? So um, we, we certainly, in terms of the background of their salespeople, we go through their, um, their, their work history, their, their stability. With culture fit specifically, we, we run the, uh, the psychometric test using science to, hmm. um, which, which takes literally 10 minutes to fill out 50 questions and it produces a two or three page report, which is almost like your other half wrote it. It's so accurate. It talks about the soft skills, the sort of person you are, introverted, extroverted, those types of things. So it's an additional three page document in addition to a resume, which talks about the individual sort of person they are 
which of course goes into the culture of that person. If they're, if they're, um, if they're an extrovert, for example, mm-hmm. what type of leader they are, if they like delegation, if they, if they don't, so that gives you much more insight there. Right. Is that a proprietary thing or is that something like a third party? It's a third party. It's one of the, it's a U.S. leading. We, we bumped into it. A few of the, um, the CEOs we work with in the U.S. actually use it themselves. Mm-hmm. And they use the results before they even look at the resume to make sure the person ticks the right boxes on the grid and, and mm-hmm. the results you get. So it's really, really accurate. Okay. And very, very common. Uh, Dave Curlin's OMG assessment has been used for quite a while. Uh, but that's more sales oriented, it sounds like, than the one that you're using. What what other, like how, uh, soft skills, tell us more about that. So I think in terms of soft skills, um, what, what we notice in terms of um, cultural fit over here, um, often we're looking for people with, with SaaS who are coming from SaaS as well. If people coming from a perpetual software license background, they may not have the right sort of culture fit in terms of the you know, wanting to retain clients and, and really keep and win that customer long term mm-hmm. I think if individuals come from the SaaS background they, they do fit in much better in terms of the type of sell the high velocity selling of course as opposed to the traditional perpetual license people which is a slightly different culture way of selling okay all right so you're saying you're looking more for farmers than hunters um we are looking very very much for hunters mm-hmm. but of course when I talk about retention we're talking we're then moving into customer success which is mm-hmm. another complete areas of market we're very strong in so of course new business sales people but you need to have the customer success people the account managers as well to keep to make sure that the client makes the most out of their their software purchase hmm. in the long term okay. we hear a lot about titles somebody called a, a vice president of sales if they're just plunked into a a market on their own a new market on their own are they really a vice president it's, it's a great question, Jason. It's something we, we notice predominantly by North American companies coming here that they will just they'll have 10 vice presidents of sales in a mm. company of 200 people in the UK. So they do give out titles a lot easier than perhaps the European headquarter companies do. But ultimately, it's a way of getting, getting a, a name on a card, might open more mm. doors for you in selling. Um, but over here, you don't tend to get given titles so easy, easy right. like that. And, and particularly in the larger companies like Salesforce, you have to earn the title VP of sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I fully agree <laughs> with that requirement to earn. <laughs> Probably going to get some hate for that, but <laughs> this is a Lean and Me podcast. We are talking with Ben Watkins, founder of Int- Intrinsic Source, and it is more than a recruitment firm. I, I really think you should be talking, and you probably are, more about the screening that you're doing um, up front in in any conversations that you're having with potential clients because that stands out to me when you said it it really you know stood out uh and i'm sure many kinds of companies that you're in competition with are using similar sort of technology but uh it's it's good to hear (laughs) at any rate indeed i think one of the biggest challenges we've noticed with SaaS companies which are scaling when they give us a remit for example find us a sales director for the UK or for the US that can take a month for example you go through a process and by the time you've made the decision to make a hire the original job spec has changed it's become more senior because the the software company is scaling so fast that the jobs become bigger so you end up going to start over again so that's another bumpy road that some of these companies may find just what will that job spec look like in a month's time or three months time when that 
individual is going to start the job, it will be a different job because we're scaling so fast, nothing stands still. That so is interesting. Let's, let's dig into that a little more. Is there a specific story, obviously removing the, the names to protect the innocent? <laughs> Absolutely. We, we had a situation with a, with a very hot fintech SaaS company a few months ago. They hired a country manager through us. And then within three months, that role became even bigger. It was going to look after customer success, a bigger team, different geographies. But then the individual had only looked after the UK before, not France and Germany and Sweden. So the, the role wasn't quite right for them anymore because they had just grown so fast. Hmm. How often does that happen? In, in SaaS, it's, it's happening all the time. It's, it's happening all the time. It's just the speed of change. Okay. How do you react to that? Because you're brought in and the, I mean, I'm sure the first few times it happened, it was like a big trip up for you, right? And then after that, you learn to expect it. And now you're probably educating your uh, absolutely so, clients. So I was, on the, I was on the phone to a client earlier in Spain and, and we had the conversation and we're looking for a head of marketing, but there's no management in the beginning, but we're thinking we want someone who's got the skill set of managing others Mm -hmm. in the past life so as the role gets bigger it's going to get bigger and bigger all the time demand generation they already got the management skills so we're future proofing that candidate i think that's really important and on, on, on the subject of, um, of spain another important consideration for scaling is when you pick your location so you've got all these hot spots like berlin barcelona at the moment you get to a certain size where there's a real lack of senior commercial SaaS talent living in those regions so you have to import people from other parts of the world hmm. so actually picking the, the, the location is absolutely key of course as well if you want to scale and find the right people to work there have you found it's easier to go from like take a candidate from the us to the eu than the other way around um again we in terms of um we don't i'm talking more about moving people across europe so um it, it's very difficult to get people to move out of germany for example the dutch the british that they're, they're more mobile um, but i guess it's different on a country by country basis Mm -hmm. level, for actually. those who don't know, the EU is uh, a lot more easily set up to move from one country to another, if you're a member. Absolutely. You just Please. go over and start working. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tomorrow. So I like that a lot. Uh, tell us another success story. I, I really want to hear about these surprise struggles and you know, how you've helped companies overcome problems that like we just discussed, they may not have even recognized that they were going to have in short order. Yes. It's, um, I think, I think one of the, the differences we, we, we use in, in this fast growing SaaS industry, when we provide a short list of maybe five or seven candidates because the market moves so fast is, is to provide a backup for the backup for the backup. So, the, the company will hire the number one and they might have another role appear or that person falls to the wayside because they've taken another job. So it's so important to have a backup there. So, um, and often some of the success stories, the client will end up taking two or three candidates from us off the one shortlist for different roles. So I think it's giving the SaaS company as many good options as possible. Mm. I think that's really important, putting them in a strong position of choice. Hmm. How, do, how does that work out? Like, it, do they succeed on the average <laughs> you know, of, of the three guys or, or candidates? Like, how does that work out? How often do people stick around that you, you help get a role? So that's a great question. And it's another major consideration. If the SaaS organization is offering stock options mm -hmm. and the individual is more likely to stick around hmm. and also take a role. So you'd be surprised how many SaaS startups and emerging SaaS companies we described earlier don't offer stock in Europe so if they offer stock they're going to hang around but from our recent searches on the west coast 
people's resumes themselves are so jumpy every six months, mm-hmm. 12 months of changing jobs. There's so much opportunity there. So um, we just see so many resumes of jumpy sales candidates, particularly in, in the US. What does that do? Because uh, for you as a screening uh, recruiter, I, I'm trying to avoid that word because I think what you're doing is at a higher level than that. What does that do? Because I know early in my career, I moved around a lot. Um, the longest job I've ever had was four years as a credit manager for a national electrical wholesaler. But I would go back and forth between sales and marketing jobs and factory management roles. And it got to a point where I had people saying to me, we, we don't know what you are. <laughs> we can't figure you out. Finally, I just went and made my own classification. But what what can candidates do to try and manage that appearance of job hopping, let's say, or opportunity hopping? I think it depends on location. So, um, and demand and supply. So many geographies, we're looking for stability. Our clients are looking for stability at least three years, three years, two years. Of course, everybody has the occasional job hop or two, but in a market like California, where there's so few available strong salespeople available if you can only find a small number of available people who want to work for you and they're jumped around they'll get jobs but when the market's much tighter there's a big when you've got a more of a choice of great salespeople, you can be more picky okay. if you have jumped around a lot to answer your question if i was a salesperson lots of short stints you need to prove that okay i had short stints but this is how much software i sold in each of those short stints if you sold nothing then it's going to be very difficult. But if you can provide proof of earnings and commissions and references to back up that your short stints were very lucrative, you did very well, but you left because the companies were acquired or went bust or whatever, then you're okay. You just got to qualify each short stint to make sure you, this person's a good success or not a success. Okay. So there you are. Sales candidates have the backup to your story. <laughs> the factual and, and proof. The <laughs> what other issues that tech founders who were scaling fast weren't expecting in terms of talent acquisition and building for the future have you helped them so i think um it's the when when they're looking to scale in europe's largest economy which is germany Hmm. it's the speed or the the lack of speed it takes takes so long to go through just to hire a salesperson there's a massive cultural difference that german people aren't as attracted to startups, emerging SaaS companies, being the first person in as other nationalities are. It's less attractive, mm-hmm. much less attractive. Um, but the notice period, so I get calls now in August from some German people asking me to keep an eye out for their next job next April. They're, they're thinking eight months ahead. They're not planning next month. So in the US, it's very quick. It's a two-week turnaround. People get a job offer, they sign and they, they resign, they're out. Um, in, in, in Sweden, it's a minimum of three months notice just just to resign from a sales job so if you headhunt in sweden now you're talking january start date so it's hmm. really planning ahead if you can making sure you're aware of the local different local laws but also in germany it's pretty much zero unemployment so you're not going to find very good salespeople out of work so you're going to have to right. go through this painful notice period in time and, and lack of urgency because the logistics as well of having to interview people in germany with from the us it takes time you might be planning one or two trips in three months so it takes time you've got to plan it it's slow very very interesting for the hyperactive americans <laughs> tech founders watching this or listening to this the world is different out there indeed that indeed. actually and and they still have the same problem which is salespeople who are good at what they do tend to not be hanging around on the street corner right indeed how, how do you 
overcome that because they're they're not standing there going oh hi i'm looking for work right what do you do to attract those people i, I don't need you to share any special proprietary things but so, so if, if we were looking to hire a senior sales executive to, to sell SaaS, it's a numbers game we, we have to approach 200 250 individuals and you'll find the one percent who are actually open for a new role they're they're employed or or their company's just being sold for example so out of 250 you might end up with five to ten people who want to talk to you it's like prospecting and then out of that five or ten people you reduce it down to three or four so it is a quality numbers game you just have to map out the market and its percentages you're going to get a small percentage of interested people okay and in your role <laughs> with these european countries <laughs> planning out so far ahead you've got to start doing that prospecting work the next three months let's say right to get somebody ready for january Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So now's the time for Germany. If you want to hire a German sales rep, now's the time to start looking. Mm, that is that is very different, <laughs> even than what I'm used to. Fascinating. So you can be scaling fast, uh, but in certain locations in the world, the hiring process is still going to be slow. Yes. How yeah. long, obviously in different areas, there's going to be a different answer to this question. How long is the average engagement with you? So we, we've turned searches around in seven days, but we've had something go on nine months, not because we're slow or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's just because things slow down, get put on hold. It, it, it can vary. But I would say we will always do our search work in around four weeks. That's your headhunting okay. part. We, we can produce shortlists in four weeks. Okay. So people should be preparing, <laughs> even if they're in the United States, they should be getting yeah. ready. As you're approaching that 50 person level, that that is probably a time to start looking i would imagine even if you're not actively going hey let's hire somebody you should be looking around for executive search help yes and of course it depends where your customers are if you just landed your first customer in a new region then that's a logical time to start putting some people in that region to support that customer or, okay. or, to, grow, or to grow it rather than going in cold or often we've, we've got american clients who are selling directly into europe and they don't have anyone in europe until they maybe found a handful of clients then they decide to put someone there. All right. Well, let's finish up. I want you to share another success story with us. Give us some details <laughs> and take so, a picture for, for everyone listening. Um, I'm just off the top of my head. So um, about, a, about a year ago, um, we, were, we were asked to find a VP of global sales for, for a German SaaS company based out of Berlin. They, they wanted somebody who spoke English fluently, as a native so they didn't want anyone based out of germany unless they were born and bred from england so we had to do a, a complete search across the uk ireland we had to do a complete relocation of course as well and that individual's been with the company for a, a, a while now done exceptionally well so um that's becoming more and more common just bringing in exceptional talent and placing them across the eu awesome well our guest today has been ben watkins of intrinsic search thanks for joining us uh where can people connect with you so um, intrinsicsearch.com, you'll, you'll find my details on there. I'm also on LinkedIn, of course. And again, if anyone would like a free copy of the, the, the gold book for European expansion and hiring for SaaS firms, you can contact me through our website. But, but my, my, my email address is bewb for Ben, E for England, W for Watkins at intrinsicsearch.com. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us today and letting us know a little bit about the bumpy roads in scaling SaaS and tech firms with regards to HR. Thank you very much, Jason. You bet.